Two Dudes and a Cage. With your hosts, Charles Clark and Matt Johnson. Dudes and a Cage, we are back. We got another fight analysis for you. UFC 285. It's the return of John Jones, the questionable greatest of all time. He's on the main event. But before we get into that, we're going to get into the prelims. We're going to skip the early prelims, but the feature fight in the early prelims features my man Ian Gary. Man, I'm picking Ian Gary to win. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Ian Gary is an up-and-comer Irish prospect, 10-0, and I think he stays undefeated and gets it done. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. He's definitely one to watch out for. Even, uh, it wasn't as, maybe his last fight or the one before that, it was kind of a little bit question questionable, uh, but it ended up being a good fight. First up on the regular prelims, we got Julian Marquez versus Marc-Andre Bar- Barriolt. Sorry, Mark. He's Canadian. Julian is six and zero. Julian's got six KOs with three subs. He's a former LFA vet and a Bellator vet. He's a BJJ purple belt under James Krause. He was a collegiate wrestler. He also plays the violin. Something pretty cool about him is he's got a podcast titled Beauty and the Beast with some some uh, porn pornography actress. He likes to strike. He's got really good takedown offense, but he has he's he can take him down. I'll just say that much, as shown in Dana White contender series, where it's uh, everyone keeps saying, um, you know, he he had a great uh, he uh, made a statement on that. Uh, he had a head kick KO finish on that, so maybe that's why they call it a statement because he was taken down and he was getting control, and then he got back up, kicked him in the face, head kick kicked it. He's had a couple UFC fights since then, and now he's fighting Mark. Mark's got nine KOs, one sub. He was a TKO middleweight champion and light heavyweight champion. Plus, he was the hybrid combat middleweight champion. With those nine KOs, you know he likes to strike. I think he got lucky with that guillotine submission on Jordan Wright. Now he's got a submission finish as well to throw in there. I think this would be a good explosive fight. Both these guys are probably going to come out and strike hard, but I think Mark's going to get the victory in this one. What do you think? Ooh. So, like you said, you know, Marquez is a contender series alum, and he has found pretty good success in the UFC. One thing is not concerning, but this is his first fight without Kraus being in his corner. Although he still takes that knowledge, kind of like Moreno did. Um, he is underrated on the ground. Uh, he's a, I believe he's a black belt in BJJ. Uh, it might be a purple belt, but he, I mean, he's high up there. He's a good striker. I, I might have got it wrong. No, I, I think you have it right. I have it wrong. Oh. Uh, I don't have that in my notes. Uh, he is a good striker who does possess power. And... I think he's not afraid to go to the ground, and I think that's going to give him the edge. Uh, Burial is a striker who does also possess power, so first one to get caught is going to be the the one to lose, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to be three rounds, 
but I do see a slight edge for that underdog. I got Julian, the Cuban Missile Crisis Marquez, to get the win. Right, let's go. Next fight, I like this next one. Vivian Arrero versus Amanda Hebus. Amanda and Vivian have like very identical takedown defense, takedown offense, and striking uh, significant strikes per minute. The only difference is Vivian absorbs 5.3 significant strikes per minute to Amanda's 2.4. If Amanda can mix in the grappling, I think that's going to be what gives her the edge. Uh, I do have this one going decision, but I, I also I have I have Hubis winning this one. Nice, nice, man. I, I think both of these women are kind of right up there as top contenders, uh, and if they get a, a couple of strings of women wins together, they could definitely be fighting for the title very soon. Uh, they're both very, very high top level females. Um, it's, it's a good fight to watch out for. Vivian, three KOs, four subs. She's a BJJ black belt. She's a black belt in Luta Livre, which is Brazilian submission wrestling. Um, she was the pancreas strawweight champion. Amanda, she's got two KOs, four subs. She's a BJJ black belt. She's a judo black belt. She trains an American top team. Uh, she she likes to say this a lot. She was born on the mats. She grew up doing this. In all of her interviews, she talks about how her dad's a really well-known trainer. And uh, she used to, like, sleep with gloves for a, for a pillow on the mat or, you know, think something like that. It's cute. I love how she says it. She likes she's she she likes to like say how she she feels real comfortable and real at home in the cage. Uh, she has really good subs. She has good ground and pound, right? And I think if she can she can get the takedown and mix it up, that's gonna what what's gonna make the difference for her. And I'm going with Amanda as well. Let's go, Amanda. That was a good one. I liked looking at that one because they are I mean identical on paper. It's yeah, amazing. yeah. It's uh, man. I think these matchmakers are have doing a really good job. They lately. figured it out. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know, it's like man, about time. No, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, yeah. Man, whoo! This next fight is kind of a hard one. Yeah. Derek Brunson versus Drakus Duplessis. Man, if you follow MMA, you know who Derek Brunson is by now. He's been in the game for a long time. He's got 12 KOs, four subs. He's been in the UFC since 2012. That's 10 years, man. That's 11 years now. That's a long time, you know. He was also in Strike Force. He's a BJJ black belt. He's an NCAA Division II wrestler. Um, man, uh, he had he uh oh, he uh he had a cheerle. He was a competitive cheerleader and a wrestler he had scholarships for both i know you laugh at that but i was a cheerleader in high school as well no i I like how you brought that up because a lot of people i mean you know like oh cheerleading is not a sport you have to be very athletic especially high level like that dude yeah so that goes to show his athleticism and he had multiple scholarships offers in 
two different sports. That shows you how athletic this dude is. Um, Derek Brunson can strike with you. Notice the 12 KOs, but it seems like a lot of his game revolves around taking you down and grounding and pounding. Dragus, on the other hand, seven KOs, 10 subs. He's a kickboxing black belt, uh, second degree, I believe. He was the EFC middleweight champ and welterweight champ. Plus, he was also the KSW welterweight champ. Dragus Duplessis is the favorite in this fight. His striking is amazing. Uh, when you watch this guy strike, it's what everybody wants to throw down. Like, you know, uh, he's uppercomer. A lot of people think he's going to be, be in the big time. But honestly, I'm taking the underdog in this one, my man, Derek Brunson. I think he's going to get it done. I think uh, he's shown his his uh, great fight IQ as it recently, um, uh, just like he did with Kevin Holland, you know, he'll probably try and look to get him, take him down, finish him on the ground. Uh, probably not smart to try and train and stand and trade with him. Dragus does pose a threat with those 10 submissions, though. So you never know. Yeah, but Brunson's got that top heavy game where if he gets you on top uh, if he gets on top of you, he puts his feet out to make that tripod base and it's very effective for him and I mean very effective for many fighters, but he's found a way to to really make it work. You know, he is coming off of a loss, but in his last six, he's five and one. Uh, and He's got the black belt under Henzo Gracie. So, I mean, you know, that's not anything to blink an that's, eye at. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, if you get it from a Gracie, you, you earned it. Right, right. And, you know, he can strike with the best of them, with 12 KOs. And he finds his best success striking as a counter striker, which is great because Duplessis is a pressure fighter. And when you get a pressure fighter versus a counter striker, it it makes a great match. Uh, Duplessis is four zero in the UFC. Does land six point six two strikes per minute. A lot. Yeah, but he's fifty percent on his takedown defense. And we've seen in the past, you know, few fights, Brunson waits till you come in and he shoots for a single leg or shoots for a double leg. You're coming forward. He's coming forward. He's gonna get you down. I think that's going to be the edge. If Duplessis can catch him, then obviously you know he catches him, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I got Brunson for the dub. Now, this this next one. So we have Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones in the main event of the prelims. Yeah. I don't know what there's to say about Cody. You know, he's one in five in his last, you know, six fights since winning the title. I will say this is a winnable fight. Trevin Jones is one, three, and one in the UFC. They're really trying to get Cody back on back on track. I mean he is a fan favorite. Yeah. He is a good fighter. Trevin Jones doesn't really have knockout power, so that's good. 23% of his wins are by knockout. 46% are by decision. So doesn't mean he can't knock him out, 
Especially if Cody gets his emotions involved and drops his hand, keeps his chin up high like he's done in five of his six last fights. Uh, I don't know what to say. I, I really hope Cody... his The style that Cody fights is, is not good for MMA. It's evolved past it. He's got that uh, Dominic Cruz style. If he goes back to how he did to win the belt, Cody wins. That's what I'm sticking with. Cody's going to go back to old Cody and get the dub. Yeah, you know, I think everybody wants to see Cody win. You know, uh, I've lost three fights in a row now, so I have no room to talk either. Uh, I haven't been knocked out in any of them, though. Cody's got 10 KOs. He's an NCAA Division II wrestler. He was the former Bantamweight champ. Trevin's got three KOs, four subs, BJJ black belt. Man, he took his first fight after only six months of training. I think this is the real first big name for Trevin Jones. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with you on this too, man. I don't really know what to say. You know, uh, I think a lot of people are rooting for Cody, but at this point, all it takes is one good punch and, and he's finished. Um, at least I can take the shots. That's that's one thing I have going for me. Just at the amateur level, you, you take a couple hard shots and the, the refs stop the fight really quickly. And it's so sad. Like He was this you know dominant figure. And, yeah. then, and then, yeah. oh, he's got a glass jaw. And it's Everybody, not really glass. A lot of people say, oh, he's got a glass jaw. It comes down to breathing and timing, just hitting the right spot. Yeah, yeah, and then you know once once it once you get knocked out like that, it takes a while for it to heal up, and yeah. and maybe he he kept fighting too soon, and he didn't give it that that proper amount of time it needed in between to heal up correctly, and, and got knocked out again, and then again, and and then you know you back to back knockouts like that, it, it's kind of like a a multiplier effect. They don't add together. They start multiplying together. Yeah, and his confidence from Cruz to Dillashaw just ever it just dropped completely. If he gets if he's confident, Cody, and you're know, talking shit in the middle of the fight, then there's so many questions about like that fight. It makes it hard. Like you could lay money on Trevin Jones just based on. The knockouts that right. you know every loss Cody has has been a knockout. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think if you are gonna put money on Trevor Jones, do it for the knockout because yeah. you get some you get some more plus money for that. You know, yeah. definitely. Oh uh, man, sounds like two dudes in a cage are rooting for you, Cody. We hope to see you come back and win this one, buddy. Me personally, as a better. I'd stay the fuck away from this fight. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> man, next up, man, I, I think a lot of people are excited for this fight. Got the UFC debut of Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett. Bo Nickel is arguably one of the best wrestlers in the game in the world right now. Uh, some people say that he only switched to MMA because he couldn't win the Olympics, though. Bo Nickel 
Man, he's got one KO, two subs. Like I said, he's an amazing wrestler. He is a BJJ blue belt, trained to the American top team. People are so worried about Bo Nichols' takedowns that he can get a knockout off of faking the takedown and then coming in overhand. Yeah. As shown by his one knockout win. Jamie, on the other hand, he's got eight KOs, one sub. He's a BJJ brown belt. He does have two losses in a row. So to me, this feels like a little bit of a setup, easy win for Bo Nickel. Give him someone with two losses in a row for his UFC debut. It doesn't mean Jamie Pickett's a, a pushover and he's going to run right through him. But I would expect to see Bo Nickel win this fight. Um, with eight KOs, Bo Nickel's probably going to be looking for that takedown pretty early and not going to try and get into much of a striking match with them if he has any sort of fight IQ. I think Bo Nickel gets it done and probably in a pretty impressive fashion, honestly. Before I make my prediction, fun fact, Jamie Pickett lost to Kyle Dukakis via bra, uh, bra, Bravo choke. That's a tough thing to say. So, How many of those have we seen? Uh, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, that's it. Because it's so it's basically like a uh, for the people that aren't sure, Bravo's chokes are for gi, and yeah. the equivalent would be you know like an arm a trapped in arm triangle or a uh, God, blanking out. What's the von flu? Von flu, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a very rare move. Now, onto my prediction, Bo Nickel. Next, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but seriously, I think this is the most anticipated UFC debut in the modern era. Right. Bigger than Connor, bigger than Sil Anderson. You know, he's a three-time Division One NCAA championship uh, champion for when he wrestled for Penn State. Only downside is he has fought two minutes and twenty-seven seconds of MMA. True. Jamie Pickett has the experience, but Jamie Pickett, you know, 65% takedown defense. Bo Nichols, 100% takedown accuracy. I think Bo's going to get him down. He's got that Ben Askren style, except Bo Nickel can actually strike. So, but he's going to look for the takedown. He's going to yeah. get it. I don't see a flying knee because he doesn't telegraph his takedowns. And so. I'm going Bo Nickel. For sure. It's hard not to pick Bo. Oh, I know. It's, it's kind of like Islam and like Hamza. Like the hype is just way up here. That yeah, it, it kind of like, well, how do I say no? Right, right. All right, this next fight. Matus Gamera versus Jalen Turner. So Gamera is a submission wrestler. With a black belt in BJJ. His only loss in his career has came via decision. Uh, he is a short notice replacement. Uh, Jalen Turner is supposed to fight Dan Hooker. And unfortunately for Jalen Turner, Gamera and Hooker are completely off opposites. So, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Turner is on a five fight win streak. So this step up in competition 
is well deserved. It is good for him. Uh, it's a huge step down. Turner is only only a brown belt in BJJ, and with the submission wrestler, that could come a problem. Uh, however, he's six foot three with a seventy-seven inch reach advantage. If he can play the range game and hide behind his jab, Jalen Turner can win this fight. But I'm going to have to go with Gamrot. For the purpose of this show, (laughs) Gamrot. I would love for Turner to, you know, get the victory, especially at a 180 underdog. It'd be awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I feel that. I'd love to see him keep his hype building and definitely... If he got that win, it would definitely put him in, you know, shoot him up there. Yeah. Yeah, but Matus, man, he's got seven KOs, five subs, like you said, BJJ Black Belt. He's a wrestler. He's been wrestling since he is 10 years old, and he had over, like, 300 wrestling matches. I mean, that that experience alone uh, amounts to a lot. That's a lot of mat time. That, 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 that. You know, you just can't replace with training, yeah. I guess. Trains out of American top team as well. Jalen Turner does have nine KOs, four subs. Man, he's a BJJ brown belt. He fought in King in the Cage, Bellator. He fought a World Series of Fighting, uh, which is now the PFL, I think. Uh, he got his nickname, the Tarantula. So apparently, I guess, he used to... Uh, be afraid of tarantulas and he started getting pet tarantulas to overcome that fear and on his UFC debut at the weigh-ins he had a pet tarantula with him Uh, I find that interesting so yeah I like like Jalen I like his personality I like his character Uh, but unfortunately like with the last minute replacement I'm pretty sure Jalen would have beat Dan Hooker. With the way Dan Hooker's recent fights have been going, uh, Jalen probably would have most likely won. But now I'm feeling like Matus is going to win it as well. I, You know, if Turner wins, I think this should rocket him up to a fight like against Gaethje or, you know, one of the top five guys. Yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be really honest. I can see that too. Like he would definitely deserve it. Yeah. Man, this next fight: Jeff Neal versus Shakavad Rachmaninoff. Man, Jeff Neal has got nine KOs, two subs. He was in the LFA. He's a BJJ purple belt. Man, this dude is no scrub by no means. Shakavad, man, he's he's got eight KOs and eight subs. He was a Sambo master. I believe he was a professional boxer too in in uh, the country he's from. I could be mistaken on that. I no, think he, I saw w- he was. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So he was, he was a professional boxer as well. So, man, this could turn into a really good striking match or you could look to take him down and use that Sambo skills because he knows Jeff only has two submission wins. Yeah. I'm interested to see how this one will play out. Uh, I think Shafkavad will look to get some strikes in and land a takedown off of that strike. Jeff, on the other hand, trying to look to defend that. 
Um, you know, I, honestly, this could go either way. I believe the favorite is Shavkavat, so I'm going to stick with the favorite and go with him on that one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Jeff Neal is really known for his striking, and I think I see it the first round. Rachmanov's going to stand with him. You know, he's not going to go straight to the takedowns. And I think he's going to test the waters to see if he can outstrike Jeff. And if he can, it'll be, you know, stand-up. Because Jeff doesn't really go for takedowns. Uh, Rachmanov, he will if he starts losing the battle. That's one thing about, you know, the Sambo fighters. Their corners are really good to know when to switch the game plans. And when to, you know take him down and hold him down or keep it on the feet so that is interesting but right you have to go with the favorite especially with him being so diverse with able to you know strike and grapple that Jeff Neal hasn't really shown good grappling defense and I think the brown belt is going to be a uh, little hindrance. Yeah. I'm sorry, purple belt. That's my fault. That's on me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Rachmanov. Cool, cool. This next fight, it doesn't even have odds on it. And we got the co-main event for the women's flyweight title bout. Yeah. Valentina Shevchenko versus my girl Alexa Grasso. I don't know. I, I just like I like Alexa. I like her style, and she's like all bubbly when she's in there. She's so happy. Yeah. Yeah. It it is gonna be a good one. You know, Valentina is coming off of that questionable win where some say Tatiana Santos beat her or Talia Santos beat her. I scored it, Shevchenko. Um, I'm not. I think you did too. Yeah, I don't think she did enough to beat the champ. She right. definitely was a good, strong fight for sure. Yeah. You know? And you know, you wiped out the division when someone ranked number nothing against Grasso, but rank six is now fighting for the title. Facts. <laughs> uh, I I really do feel bad for Alexa. I think this is going to be a statement win for Valentina. And I think she's gonna come out there, and if even if she's at eighty-five percent health, she's you know battling injuries in the last fight. I just it's gonna be a short night. I got a third round TKO for Valentina. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I really like Alexa. You know, I follow her on Facebook. Uh, uh, she's got a great another great personality, great character. Uh, Alexa, she's got four KOs, one sub. She was Invicta. She's a BJJ purple belt. Valentina, though, she's got eight KOs, seven subs. She's a black belt in judo. She's a master in boxing, a master in kickboxing, a master in Muay Thai, a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. She is the flyweight champion. Like you said, she's ran through the division. Uh, you know, just look at her con credentials compared to Alexa. 
I know Alexa is on a hot streak, and and uh, but I just don't think she's ready to to face Valentina. I don't think she's ready to fight for the title. I feel like they should have kept building her up. But like you said, the problem is is Valentina already ran through everybody else. So, I mean, they could they could have gave Santos like a rematch, but it's very rare not named Conor McGregor, that you would get a rematch for a title off of a loss. Yeah, right, right. And Grasso, you know, she's just had trouble breaking that top five. Like, she fights anyone in the top five, she tends to struggle. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is Lobo. Lobo wanted to come say hi. <laughs> He's been walking by. <laughs> probably heard the cat a minute ago. <laughs> I saw him walk by. Yeah. Like, Chew toy. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just, I, I agree with you. Valentina's probably going to be looking to make a statement and, and show that Alexa didn't really belong in there with her. Um, just, it's just probably what will happen, honestly. So... Ah oh, man, wouldn't it wouldn't it be crazy though if Alexa won and got some kind of crazy victory though? Oh know? my god. Like just caught her in like a heel hook. Right, right. <laughs> uh I definitely think Valentina would get immediate rematch. Oh um, yeah. Well, I wanna check because is she past the curse? You know, that Ronda Rousey curse? Cause no female has defended the title more than six times. They get to that sixth one, they lose. Amanda Nunes lost to Juliana Pena. She's got to be right around there. Rousey yeah. lost to Holly Holm. I'm not sure, but she's got quite a few little rubies on her belt. So. Oh, no, this is her seventh. So this will yeah. be one, two, three, four, five, six. So this will be her eighth title defense. Oh, so she'll have... So, man, she'll, she'll have got... All still have all filled out and have to go on to a new plaque. Dang, they're gonna have to start something new for. Well, I think what they do is I thought they were doing rubies, and then if you make it around, then they change like it'll be a different like an emerald instead. Uh Oh, yeah. I remember when they came out with the belts, they had something like that. I didn't know that. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, It's, it's something new. Right, right, yeah, yeah, it shows, like, yeah. Interesting. On to the main event. Man, this is what everybody has been waiting for. I think this pay-per-view is going to sell like crazy, honestly. John John Jones versus Serial Gone. Man, Everybody knows who John Jones is. Like I said earlier, he's questionably the greatest of all time. Is he the GOAT? Yes. I think if he wins this fight here, there'll be no doubt in anyone's mind anymore. Dude's got 10 KOs, 6 subs. Man, he's been in the UFC for a long time, since 2008. He's a BJJ purple belt. He was a collegiate wrestler. He's the former light heavyweight champion. John Jones is known for his unorthodox striking. A lot of people kind of say he's not the GOAT because of his troubles outside the ring, but I think that shouldn't matter. When you're talking about who the best fighter is, 
all that matters is your fights inside of the ring. Your personal life has nothing to do with your fights inside the ring and making you the best fighter all the time. It's my opinion. He might be the greatest. He might not be the greatest human, but he is the greatest fighter. Right, right. Yeah, he's not the greatest human, but he's, damn, he's the greatest fighter, okay? I like how you said that. Look at Michael Jordan. Exactly. Perfect example. Serial, five KOs, three subs. He only had three pro fights before he came into the UFC, but he was also a Muay Thai fighter, and he was like 13-0 or something like that. I think Serial is kind of a little less experience in MMA than John Jones was closer to like 30 fights. Yeah. I think he's like 26 and one. Uh, John. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, the Muay Thai fights is kind of a, a comparable record, I guess. But, uh, Serios, you know, three and zero came into the UFC. Didn't really develop on a smaller uh, the platforms. Uh, I think a lot of people will be interested to see how this fight plays out as well. Like, will John Jones just try and strike with him and do some fancy kind of crazy technique, or will he try to be like Francis Ngannou and take Serial down and defeat him that way? Um, I think John Jones is capable of taking Serial down. There's a lot of people that have questioned, like, Serial's uh, a big dude, you know? Uh, there's a big difference between fighting that light heavyweight and heavyweight. You know, there can be a big size advantage, but uh, Jonathan Almeida has proved that it's definitely possible. You know, you can you can make the move up and still be successful, still take die, guys down and, and keep the kind of style you had. Well, John also, you know, he's coming off a three-year layoff. Yeah. He did that. He didn't want three years. He wanted like a year and a half to put on weight. So he stacked up to, you know, 270, 280, and then trimmed back down to, I'm assuming John will weigh in at about between 240, 250. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's perfect weight for a heavyweight. Unless you're Francis Ngannou and you can't get there and you look like a chiseled Greek statue. Weighing in at 266. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, has been posting a lot of, uh, uh, I think he's trying to play some mind games like, oh, I'm lazy and... Uh, I only train grappling when I have a fight booked, and I only train when I have a fight. And John Jones is like, man, I don't believe none of that mess. Like, dude, I know exactly what you're trying to do. Like, Did you see nah. what John came out with? I seen it this morning. He said, Cyril trains pretty. Like, he's got his, you know, he's got his pretty clothes on, and he yeah. he's not fighting guys that bigger than him, you know, starting on bottom position. And, right, right. Which that could be, you know, it could be a, a game, you know, mental game where they, you know, put a 150 pounder on Cyril and he just like tosses him up. But it could be real. Yeah, yeah, true. true. Especially in yeah. a small gym in France. Right, right. Not as many people uh, 
to bring in. Yeah, because even like, Francis Francis said, you know, he left because the training competition just wasn't wasn't there. Right. So right. So many questions. Yeah. yeah. I I think uh, I think we know who I'm picking, but if you don't, it's John Jones. Yeah. You covered so much that I was gonna say. Um, oh my bad, my bad. No, it's it's great. Um, like obviously we've heard that Cyril only trains when he gets a fight, which that may not be a lie. Uh, he could be in the gym every day, but because remember, John when he you know was a younger fighter, he would talk about off season, where he yeah. would still go in the gym, but he wouldn't go you know a hundred percent. He would go in like. You know, just do light pad work. Just so I mean, Cyril could do that. And right, there's a difference between training and training for a fight. Yeah. So, um, we do know Cyril's grappling is not high level. Uh, we've seen that with Nganu taking him down with ease. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of questions with John, and three years off, it's. It's his longest layoff, but it's not his first. He's had years off with the you know picograms, and, yeah, and the jail. He has struggled against opponents that have reached uh, a reach of eighty or more. You know, Gustafson the first fight, uh, yeah. yeah, and so Dominic Reyes, which again you could argue that Jones lost that fight, but I don't think Reyes did enough. To get the win, so I think John did win. <sighs> let's let's say John's fight IQ is probably the highest in the game. He he has been hittable, but he's also only been hittable against guys he knew couldn't knock him out, like Daniel Cormier. He even at heavyweight didn't really have one punch knockout power. Uh, you know, Gustafson, same way. The guys that he was getting hit by weren't posing a threat. I don't think he's going to let Cyril get clean shots on him. I think John's going to keep his range. He's going to throw those teep kicks that are game changers. And he's fought all styles. From 2008, you know, Chuck Liddell, Loyola Machito, to... Now it's the evolution the of the game. Falls. Yeah, youngest champion in UFC history. Yes. That yeah. the same night he won that title, he stopped a robbery uh, when he was meditating in Newark before the fight. Yeah, before the fight. Yeah, yeah. I I do think that he's you know he's gonna go in to he's gonna go in to prove that he's the goat this is the fight he's gonna do it with people say his last three fights weren't you know but let's be honest he's even said they just didn't get me interested so he barely trained against anthony smith dominic reyes and Thiago santos still right. won he was doing bumps of coke you know two days before the fight when he fought daniel cormier the first time still won Sounds crazy to me, honestly. Yeah. 
Like, like I can see that after training, but like doing that before training just sounds like crazy to me. That's that'd be like slamming two Red Bulls, three Red Bulls, and then going to train. Like, yeah. fucking heart he's he's a different level, and I personally think he's the goat. He, like you said, even with the you know outside of the stuff. Yeah. It's just he's a once in a generation, once in a lifetime fighter. He's the LeBron James of our sport. A lot of people are like, yeah, he's the GOAT, but he has, like, seven or eight asterisks by his name, you know? So what? Yeah. I, just, I think that's probably just people hating on him, you know? Yeah. Because, because he was able to uh, be so sloppy and get so far. Yes. And those people tried their best and didn't get anywhere close to he did. He's that uh, kid. I, I recognize that because people hate on me and say, oh, I ain't shit and I'm just a, you know, M1AM. But I was, able to, I was able to excel, not in the fight game, in life. I was able to excel and achieve more than they ever have. And they've been trying their whole life. He's that kid that you know, starts football his junior year of high school and gets a D1 scholarship five star. Like, he doesn't have to try. He's just natural. Right. And gets a lot of hate from it. And people hate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm going John Jones, too. I do think uh, John will do the distance. I think he'll take Cyril down. Um, I also think it's going to go four rounds. Four to five. And John's going to get Cyril tired. And I could see the first three rounds, John just wrestler heavy. Get Cyril tired. Now you don't have to worry about the power as much. And then stand up and just show. So excited. So you, you think he'll fight a good game plan? And that's something I was going to ask. He's always uh, got he, good game plans. He's trying to trying to solidify that he's the GOAT. So, so doing so, he might try and make it a statement fight. But by trying to make a statement, he could end up getting sloppy and just kind of swinging crazy. But but you just answered that question. Yeah. Well, remember when he yeah. fought OSP? Smart. When he fought OSP, it was after you know his first fight back from a long layoff. He didn't go in sloppy. He didn't look like he... I know people say, oh, he looked different. But I don't think ring rust will be an issue, especially at that high of a level. Like Dominic Cruz says, you know, ring rust doesn't exist. I I think at that level, that could be true because they've done it so long. Uh, you never forget the first time you got punched in the face and how it felt, so. I don't know, man. I I, I don't care what level it is. I think ring, ring rust and nerves always come into play. Yeah, well, I will. I, when Cole Covington fought George Masvidal, you could see how nervous he was. He even was like, right before, you know, I think all that stuff. I, I think nerves I, but, is more, I think ring rest for like long layoffs is more nerves than, because, you know, you have, you've trained it. And uh, like Ryan Garcia, I know he's a boxer, but he's, you know, he was on a podcast this weekend and he said, when you're the only difference between sparring and the fight is the glove size yeah and so i think nerves is a lot of the ring rust i put quotes around it but because you do get nervous yeah and yeah, for sure. 
John Jones, I don't even know if he can get nervous. Right. He, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he always looks good in there. So. Yeah. And he plays it safe, which people question that too. It's like it, he's a smart fighter. He's got a good game plan. You know, he know he does enough to get the points, and it allows him to be you know fighting for fifteen years, ten years with you know time off, but in the UFC, too, yeah, you know, at the top level, top level. 27 and 0. Let's go, go. Let's go, John. Man, I'm excited for this weekend's fights. I am too. Oh, man, what did you uh what did you think about that uh Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight, man? Uh, I didn't watch the fight. I did see the the recaps and the highlights of each round. I saw the best uh, uh you know, the best action of each round. Um uh, I I think I think Tommy did win that fight. I think Jake looked tired almost, man. It looked like he kind of gassed out a little bit. His face was getting red. and You know, when Jake fought Anderson, he threw the jab and feints a lot. And he looked like he went in that fight only to knock out Tommy yes. Fury. It didn't throw a jab. It looked like he when he was fighting Tyron Woodley the first yeah. time. Yeah. And... I I wouldn't mind it, you know, they'll probably run it back. Jake, you know, still still for being seven fights in, is still fighting higher competition than, you know, most young pros, so true. He'll he'll box again though. Yeah, definitely. It was a knockdown though, I will say that. It was it was not a slip, it was a knockdown. He caught him. He got knocked down. Yeah. For sure. I think it's interesting. I think a lot of people might say, oh, the the train is derailed now. I mean, you know, one loss doesn't end it, you know. If anything, what you do after that loss, um, you know, will will show what type of fire you are. Look at Canelo. I mean, I know it's, you know, competition level is way off but you know he lost against Floyd and then became one of the best boxers exactly exactly and Canelo was young when he fought and lost to Floyd right right I think I think after like that prime Canelo versus prime Floyd Canelo probably get Floyd honestly Canelo after like you said after he fought him he went on a tear yeah me and my boy Caleb Plant from Middle Tennessee. Damn it! I mean, I don't. I wasn't expecting Caleb Plant to win that fight, but I like. I was rooting for him. Yeah. He's got a fight coming up soon too. Yeah, yeah. I like dude, man. Caleb Plant, dude. Is he's got a super super cocky attitude. He be talking shit. Yeah. He bought. I forget the guy's name. He's fighting now, but he like. He bought the website and is like selling merchandise off of the, he, the other dude's name. Uh, he bought the website for his name and is like selling merchandise. Like it's it's pretty funny. That's gonna be how people uh, do their shit talk, like pre-fight shit talk nowadays. Just buy websites and sell their merch under their name. Yeah, that's how it's done. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, man, dude. We are ready. We cannot wait until Saturday night. We hope that you tune in too. 
we hope that you use our advice to win some money uh we appreciate you watching man we're continuing to grow what you got man take us out comment like subscribe let us know how much you win yeah let us know your picks there you go yeah 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 don't just be uh one of them stupid guys who comment the same thing over and over for 20 comments to just get noticed uh put some real comments in there we're starting to get some but we'd like to see more yeah two dudes in a cage ufc 285 analysis and prediction